Welcome to Glitter and Braids, the podcast with a purpose and not much of a plan. The purpose is to be a bridge to getting people to Jesus. I believe the kingdom comes as a sparkle. In a world where many people feel the pressure to write their own story, my prayer is that God uses this podcast to help you see that you are already an important part of his story. He will call upon your strengths, expose your weaknesses, and cover you in glitter. The patterns of God are revealed through stories that showcase his faithfulness in the hidden treasure moments in a highlight real culture. Welcome to another episode of Glitter and Braids. This is your first time here. My name is Caitlin, and you may have noticed that we're doing something a little bit different today. I am joined by my friend Mary Agbovi, and she is going to be talking to us about mentor mentorship and mental health I did two things a little bit different one I have a guest and two I actually prepared for an episode but the mission remains the same that it is to glorify Jesus so I'm going to open us up with a quick prayer and then you are going to hear from Mary Father God, thank you so much for an opportunity to record a podcast, and thank you for Mary's availability and willingness to come share how you have worked in her life with the Glitter and Braids community. While we did prepare a little bit for this episode, I still want uh, your spirit to be guiding our conversation. You know who is going to be listening to it and what they need to hear, so please uh, just keep us sensitive to your spirit and what you want us to say. Our goal is to bring glory to Jesus and help people experience the love that you have for them. I love you and I pray all of these things in your name. Amen. Amen. So I met Mary two years ago through my job. I'd interacted a little bit with her husband, Emmanuel, and her and I became friends on LinkedIn, and she is very active on there, which I am not at all. But I loved so much of what she posted, and God prompted me to just reach out to her and see if she would be interested in mentoring me because I just felt that I had a lot that I could learn from her. I was very new in working and had very little experience interacting with people in that capacity. (laughs) And so I just thought that she could provide me some guidance and she absolutely has as it pertains to work, but as followers of Jesus, she also just really encouraged me in my walk with him. So I wanted you guys to have the opportunity to just hear from her. So she's going to introduce herself, and then we are going to get into the questions. So Mary, the floor is yours. Oh, thank you, Caitlin. First of all, I just feel so honored that uh, you invited me to your podcast, and I'm excited about the interactions and the questions that you prepared and proposed, and I think we're going to hit on some some really cool things while we're together this morning. Um, my name is Mary Agbovi. I like to kind of make a reference to my last name and say that it rhymes with Bon Jovi because it's a little <laughs> bit different. Um, and that helps people remember it and not be scared with that G and that B right next to each other. 
So that's an easy way to find me on LinkedIn as well. Um, I live in Northeast Ohio, married to Emmanuel, who you referenced. We have three beautiful daughters. We're uh, part of Christ Community Chapel in Hudson and have been there, I think it's over 14 years. Uh, wow. So we've definitely grown in our faith and our relationships uh, while, we've, while we've been there. I do work full-time. I, I work for a legal department in McKesson, the Cover My Meds uh, section of McKesson, which is healthcare technology, and really enjoy um, and, you know, struggle to balance <laughs> working full-time, parenting full-time, my marriage, my relationship with God, all of those things. And then, as you mentioned, the reason we're here, um, I enjoy mentoring and being mentored. That was a beautiful, beautiful intro. I'm so glad that I had you do it versus sending me a bio to read. That was more fun. <laughs> okay. So the first question that I wanted to hear from you on was, when did God put mentorship on your heart? Yeah, that that really got me um, thinking back. I, I've never been asked that question. And um I really can't remember a time as an adult that I did not surround myself with mentors. I think coming out of kind of the traumatic childhood that I have, I recognize that a lot of things that went wrong <laughs> with my <laughs> yeah. with my family was because they they were very isolated and that was mm-hmm. part of kind of the belief system that they adopted and Um, And so somewhere in my early 20s, I really correlated the the trauma that I had experienced with the fact that they did not surround themselves with other people to be accountable to and to um, ask questions. And I really kind of literally took Hebrews 12.1, where it talks about being surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses Um, I took that kind of literally, I I know there's probably several interpretations of that verse, and it might be less literal than how I (laughs) took it, you know, I think it, I think it meant more um, historical, (laughs) you know, the witnesses (laughs) in heaven. Um, But I, I really, I really decided early on in my faith and early on, you know, in my even in my professional career that I needed other people. Um, And I don't know that I'm so far off. I mean, I I don't have a theology degree, but it's interesting. That same verse goes on to say, let us run with perseverance, the race marked out for us. That's that same exact verse. And so I don't think I'm too far off to think that in order to run our race, we have to surround ourselves with that great cloud of witnesses, whether it's here on earth, which is probably the literal translation or, you know, studying our Bible and, and understanding historically um, the the witnesses and the faith leaders that went before us. So I, I really am thankful that I had that perspective because I'm constantly surrounding myself with people in all aspects of my life. I love that so much. You never want to be the smartest person in the room. There's something to learn from everybody and recognizing that truth is so powerful so thank you for sharing that that was a wonderful wonderful answer 
I wanted to find out next who mentored you. You said that it's been you've surrounded yourself since your early 20s with people. So it's been probably a, a whole spectrum of people over the course <laughs> of your life. All right. Yes, definitely. I mean, um, I think the intentionality of it's a little bit like friendship. It's a little bit how I view friendship, right? If you look at your friendship circle, um, because of the uniqueness of each individual in my life, they kind of bring something different. They also bring out different things in me, right? Mm -hmm. So, you know, Emmanuel and I have been really blessed to have an intentionally surrounding ourselves with a married couple that's older than we are and farther along in their marriage journey, right? So there've been several um, couples that have mentored us in our marriage Um, professionally, you know, as I have grown in my professional career, that kind of means I had different mentors along the way, depending on where I was physically. Um, As a, you know, I, I think the last, oh gosh, probably the last 12 years, um, I've been very blessed with three uh, three women um, from church. Miriam Ray, Karen Coffey, and Lynn Mosier have just been exceptional, exceptional mentors for me. And Miriam Ray and I were actually paired in Christ Community Chapel's mentoring program. Like we both submitted an application when we were running that program. And so we got paired um you know, kind of inorganically. And it was, it's just been such a journey and, and turned into a, a lifelong friendship with her. But um, oh, I love that. Yeah, yeah. So I have different kind of different scenarios, right? Like people that I reached out like you did to me and, and intentionally asked them to mentor me, um, filling out a, a form and praying that God would provide a mentor. Um, yeah, so I think I just would like to encourage our listeners. There's multiple ways that God can fill um, that mentoring need. And I, I definitely can bear testimony to um, the, the variety of ways God has made sure I have the people in my life when I need them. So what I'm hearing for you from you is to not be afraid to take some initiative in getting a mentor. Yes. <laughs> That Um, is what you're hearing from me. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Because I do feel like you don't typically stumble into these things. Uh, I mean, God can work that way. But if you see somebody, um, whether it was like me on LinkedIn or your church offers it, to reach out and ask. Uh, The worst Mm -hmm. thing that somebody could say is no. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I'm mentoring two women um, right now and we got paired, um, you know, just like with a form through work. We have a mentoring program and there's actually a software system that we use to pair mentors and mentees. But uh, one of the women that I'm mentoring, we actually were in an all staff with literally probably 3000 people on the line. And she put in the chat in front of 3000 of our coworkers that she had filled out the form for a mentor and when could she expect a response? Because she had not gotten paired with anybody. <laughs> oh, wow. Man, this woman, like, and I immediately texted the the owners of the system. And I said, I want to mentor her. Like, please pair us. And um, so we did, like, the official program. And we're going to be lifelong friends. Like, I just absolutely loved her 
initiative. And it's exactly how you and I got connected, you know, reaching out to me. And I I have another woman um, who reached out to me very similar to you, Caitlin. And she said to me, "Um, I really would like you to mentor me because I also am a full-time working mom. And I, your kids are older than my kids. And I really would like to just learn from you of how, how to, how to balance working and motherhood. And I really gravitate towards that intentionality. Um, Mm -hmm. And so, yes, I'm absolutely encouraging people, even, even if you fill out a form, right, that is an intentional step. Yes. You might not know who's on the other end, um, but that's okay. Like you are intentionally putting yourself out there, but it's been a blessing when people such as yourself, you know, you, you absolutely can identify a mentor and observe them long enough to know that they have qualities that would fill gaps um, in areas that you desire growth and just make that known, you know, make it, make it known to the person of why you're reaching out to them. Cause it, I have to admit, it's happened to me three or four times and it is very hard to say no when <laughs> yeah. people are that specific and that intentional of what they hope to gain from a relationship with you. Like, how can you say no to that? Mm-hmm. And I was just thinking part of the way that I knew that I could learn from you is because you were so vulnerable on a platform like LinkedIn because I had not met you in person even though we go to the same church Mm -hmm. that I wouldn't have known anything about you had you not shared on there so God really does use all of the things to bring people into that but just the gift of your vulnerability on there and not just posting surface level things yeah Yeah, Uh, Mm -hmm. because otherwise I wouldn't have known. And this wasn't a question, but people might be wondering, what does a mentorship relationship even look like? Like, what do we do when Mm -hmm. we spend time together? Mm -hmm. And I'm sure that depending on what you're trying to be mentored in versus, um, like you said, that you're mentoring somebody in your job, what you guys are covering versus maybe what you and I are doing because it initially started out as me wanting to learn a little bit about how to function in a work capacity but it's really just turned into a friendship and we cover some of that stuff but it's really life too Mm -hmm. yeah I think um Yeah, I, I think you're right. I don't, I don't have much to add to that. I think you're right. <laughs> yeah, I was just thinking, like, we had, when we first started talking uh, in 2021, we had done Zoom meetings yeah. because of your schedule and kind of mine. We would do a one-hour Zoom call mm-hmm. about once a month is what I felt we tried to do and we would end up just talking about what was going on in our lives we always had prayer we were kind of learning each other's stories so a lot of mine is already on the podcast so the listeners Mm -hmm. are well aware of that and I want to have you back at some point to dive into more of yours 
if you would feel comfortable doing that. You mentioned it a little bit in your bio um, with just the traumatic childhood, which would lead into the mental health that we were going to cover because therapy has been a huge part of your journey in Mm -hmm. working through that. And I was wondering how has having a relationship with Jesus impacted your mental health? I, yeah, I, I think my uh, mental health continuum, I would be on the low end of the scale without Jesus. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I, same, think I, I think I can, I think I can claim mental health, um, because of my relationship with Jesus. I mean, it, it, I can't fathom facing, um, you know, day to day, let alone compounding each day as they add together uh, without knowing that the foundation that I have, you know, going back to Hebrews 12, one, not only the witnesses and the mentors and the people of faith that I surround myself with, the only way those relationships work is because we all Um, have the same foundation in Christ. And so, um, you know, I I started one of the things that I've already said, but kind of going back to it also is the fact that I recognized we can't do life alone here. And, Mm -hmm. you know, that's a, that's a biblical principle that, that the Lord gave us um, in the Bible and, and told us to be disciplined and meeting together. Um, and that same, that same time, you know, when I realized and started surrounding myself with mentors and with people of faith, that was because of my relationship with Jesus. You know, that was because I had chosen as an adult, regardless of, you know, other people's twisted beliefs of Christianity, when I was, uh, you know, in my 20s, then a college campus minister really introduced me to Christ in the simplicity that is the gospel. And I don't say simplicity, meaning it's, um, you know, childish. I mean, the simplicity in the fact that when you truly understand what Jesus did at the cross Mm -hmm. and um, what it means for each one of us in our personal relationship, Mm -hmm. everything else slips away you know everything that you either tried to add to your life whether it was legalism or works or you know obscure bible verses that you twisted you know, whatever yes. whatever it looks like um, addiction or you know sins that you tried to fill that spot in your heart um you know it was because of the cross and just coming to the bottom of that and recognizing uh that 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 was the path that I chose for myself. You know, I chose Jesus. I chose to be a Christian and have walked um, or tried to walk closely with him ever since. And so, you know, the, all those years of healing have been because of that moment in time when the cross of Christ just gave me that foundation. Um, And so, you know, it's been, 25 years kind of since that moment in my adulthood. And, and I think one of the things that I have seen as my mental health has 
I don't call it mental health. I like to call it healing, my healing journey. And we're all on a journey. You know, it doesn't, I'm not insinuating that we all have trauma in our life to heal from, but we all face obstacles. That is a universal, you know, we're here on earth. There is sin. Um, And so as we face those obstacles, whether it's trauma or, you know, other people's choices or um, sinful things or bad things or hurtful things, um, you know, it is because of our relationship with Jesus that we can see through to the other side of that pain, whatever, whatever that pain is, whatever that challenge is. Um, we have that hope and we have that joy to kind of push through the stages of grief or the stages of healing or whatever, whatever our journey kind of looks like individually. I love that answer. I think that so many people struggle with mental health is from a lack of a relationship with God and trying to fill that spot in their heart with people, positions, power, all the all the things that the world offers. And then when one thing stops working, you jump to the next and it's just a temporary solution until you find the love of God Mm. Um, and just so many people, especially right now, uh, mental health has been such a hot topic, especially after the pandemic when so Mm -hmm. many people were isolated and Mm -hmm. a lot of the things that they had been using to distract themselves or to make themselves feel important were no longer available. Mm -hmm. And it really just stood out how lonely people were that friendships that were based around going out and drinking or just being in the same environment all the time at work that once we were at home all the time people just realized that those were very surface level and then being alone was just very damaging Mm -hmm. so I love that you were just saying that until we have that relationship with Jesus, because that's really the only thing that can never be taken from us, that even the godly friendships that we have, which hopefully are able to be sustained in some capacity throughout a situation like the pandemic, Mm -hmm. that really that relationship with Jesus is the only thing that will never be taken from you. Mm Mm-hmm. And there are some places that God calls us into the wilderness season where it's just you and Jesus. And I know that we've both gone through experiences like that bathroom prison for me. Mm-hmm. So um, just thank you for touching on that. What role has therapy played in your journey? Yeah, I think that's a great segue to that question because, um, you know, with I think there's an intersection between more Jesus and mm-hmm. mental health. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, you and I both um, have seen this evolution. And I think this freedom, uh, especially in the Christian circles, to recognize that, of course, we have the foundation in our relationship with Jesus, but it is also um, appropriate and, you know, helpful to reach out to a Christian therapist that Mm -hmm. does not 
um, make you a lesser Christian. It doesn't mean that you don't have enough of Jesus, you know, to right. kind of get through. Um, it's for me, it's really just a deeper form of mentoring. Um, yes. It is relying on another Christian in my life, uh, you know, similar to I similar, I, I view it similar to how I rely on my medical doctor. You know, I don't have the skill set to self-diagnose my medical conditions. And so reaching out to a Christian therapist for me was almost as scientific, right? That person yeah. has a skill set I don't have to self, um, you know, self-diagnose or kind of like self-help um, through some of the really hard challenges that we face. And I just want to normalize that um, because I think it is easy to, or it could be harmful to say that, you know, you just need a stronger relationship with Jesus to get through a hard thing. Yes. And, and that's kind of true, but um, it's not always as simple as that. And so I definitely came to a point, I, Maybe I should have come to it sooner. I don't know. Because it, it hasn't been that long, actually, that I have been in Christian therapy. Um, but I also knew that it was time. And I really want to respect other people's journeys. And, you know, just if I see somebody that I think is struggling, you know, my prayer is that they will know, similar to you know, when you need to see a medical doctor or, you know, when it's time to visit your dentist, you know, just, just kind yes. of normalizing it as much as we do our other appointments. Um, and so there did come a point where I knew that I, I really lacked, I'd read all the books I could get my hands on. I had prayed all the prayers that I knew, but there were still just some barriers um, to me being a hundred percent. Oh, I'm still not a hundred percent. I can't say hundred percent. I really wanted that next level of healing. And, um, I, I just recognized that I couldn't get there on my own. And so therapy has definitely removed roadblocks and, and provided that next level on my journey. And it also armed me with tools. Um, funny enough, my counselor texted me this morning to check on me and I texted her back and I said, um, you will be happy to know that last week on spring break, I actually had a little episode. I, I visited a childhood location and I took my children there and I really thought it was just going to be a fun little, hey, look, mommy used to come here when I was little. That is not what happened. I broke down in tears for a couple of days. I was really upset because of the memories that it brought back and I was not prepared for it. And so uh, I just texted this morning with my therapist and I said, but you'll be happy to know that the tools you gave me, I was able to pray through it. I was able to work through it. I was able to, you know, kind of identify why I was so upset. And um, that also is the benefit of therapy, right? Is yes. You get more tools in your toolkit because life is a journey. It's not, you know, you don't, you don't see, um, for me anyway, I, I don't have the luxury of seeing my therapist one time and that's it. But I also want to keep on growing, right? I don't yes. want to stay the same. I want as much healing as possibly can be. I want to be the healthiest version of myself um, that is absolutely possible for me. And so that's why, you know, when I find that next roadblock, 
if I have the tools, I'll use the tools. If I pull, if I look in my toolkit and I don't think anything's working, then I schedule a meeting with my therapist to get to that, um, you know, that next milestone on my, my own healing journey. I, there is so much in that answer that I just absolutely love. So thank you for sharing all of that. I felt the same way about therapy, just realizing that I was not equipped to heal my heal myself. I didn't have that skill set. And so I wanted to pursue therapy because even though it was hard, it's kind of like choosing your hard because it's yes. hard to be yes. stuck and yeah. it's hard hard to do the work to become unstuck. Mm-hmm. And God has given us so many resources now um, along with his word and our relationship with him to work through the hard and the pain that isn't processed just gets projected onto other people and holds you back yeah absolutely and like you said it's a journey because you're so far removed from the traumatic childhood experience when you actually experienced it but then you went back to a place and you weren't anticipating all of those things coming back up. You thought you were just right. taking your daughter yeah. on a fun trip. And a similar experience happened to me this year or last year around this time where I had gone to a baby shower for a girl that I had gone to high school with and we mm-hmm. were not friends in high school um she was we just ran in different circles but I had wanted to be a part of that circle or I thought Mm -hmm. that I did Mm -hmm. and then we became friends later in life in college and that was how I even got invited to her shower but I showed up there and it reminded me of how insecure I felt in high school because it was all those same people yeah and it brought up just a whole bunch of emotions and I just felt really anxious and I thought oh I'm just going to a baby shower and it's like no I'm walking back into high school (laughs) and (laughs) sent you right back (laughs) yeah and when I got there I ended up seeking out because she had invited people from all different chapters of her life and I was able to see the growth that God had done in my life because I ended up seeking out the other people that seemed that they were on the outskirts of that circle too, Mm -hmm. where high school me would have been trying to make conversation with the people that I felt I had wanted to be noticed by. And I was like, yeah, if they're not pursuing me, I'm not like, I'll be friendly to them, but it really doesn't matter if they think I'm worth getting to know or not. I'll just go talk to the other outcasts um, at this baby shower too. Mm -hmm. And I actually really enjoyed that. And then when I left, I actually ended up calling one of my really close friends who I just know loves me. And that was the difference between high school me and the this version of me is I didn't have those safe people that love Jesus and that loved me Mm -hmm. and so if you're listening to this and you don't 
have that type of friend, I'm praying for you that God brings somebody mm-hmm. into your life that just knows you and loves you deeply, flaws and all that you don't have to, to show up and impress them. Because that's what my God-given friends have done for me, that they are just as messy and broken as I am, and that they're showing up each day so dependent on Jesus that they're not trying to get from other people what they can only get from God. Mm. And Mary has been one of those friends for me. So just thank you for that, Mary. Absolutely. I'm excited for the future. Me too. Okay, I just have one last question to wrap up our time here. You mentioned in your bio that you are a mom of three daughters, and I just would love to know how your past experiences have shaped the way that you talk to your daughters, the way you care for them in regards to mental health. (laughs) Wow, this is a great question. Uh I think I have a two part answer. So um, the first part is, is personal um, and my journey in therapy. I remember kind of, I'd gone through about a year and I still was kind of hovering over some darkness in my mind. Um, And I remember the day that my therapist and I kind of broke through it and the way that I ended up breaking through kind of this, this memory or this block is I realized um, that I needed to mother myself. And I, I posted about this before, like becoming a mother and watching and helping my daughters through, you know, their perfectionism or, you know, their friendship struggles, um, their monsters under the bed I think it actually taught me how to care for myself. And in therapy, I remember just saying, I'm actually, and and coming to the realization that I'm actually a better mother than I am me. (laughs) Wow. That's actually become one of my biggest tools in my toolkit. When I find myself like you did, right, retracting back into the high school you, for me, it's like the 12 year old me and my therapist even knows it. She's like, okay, what, 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 what sparked the 12 year old Mary, you know, and I, I can use almost my mother voice on myself, um, you know, reassurance or uh, you know, encouragement. And that's actually how I end up getting myself back to the adult Mary, uh, the 43 year old version of me. (laughs) Oh, I love that. Yeah. And so, um, so I love this question because it has been a superpower for me. Um, and I think as I continue, you know, I have a teenager now and I'm excited. I, I think as I hone, I'm not, I mean, I'm not a perfect mother. Don't get me wrong. But I, I really am excited as I now parent a teenager, the conversations that we're having, it's almost as if I'm having the conversations with myself or conversations I wish my mother had had with me, right? And there's a a feeling in that, that I did not anticipate uh, would come through my motherhood. And so that's a really exciting part of my journey. I also, I think the other part, answer is um, back to how we originally started. And that is um, building out for my daughters, 
that great cloud of witnesses as well. We mm-hmm. talk often about safe people and Emmanuel and I both kind of have a parenting mentality of we we cannot be everything that our children need us to be. We are two flawed humans. And so, you know, stepping back and trusting that God is going to put the Sunday school teacher or the youth group leader or the teacher at public school, right? Or Mm -hmm. the counselor at school. Like I was so proud of my oldest daughter. Um, She came home a couple months ago and she's like, mom, I stopped in the counselor's office today and I was like, Oh, I'm that's awesome. And she's like, yeah, I just, I was having a little trouble with a friend and I just really felt like the counselor could give me some good advice. And so I just stopped in and talked to her for a little bit. And I was so proud of her, right? Like I I love that. I want them to know that of course they can come talk to, you know, their dad and I about anything, but, but I also am just praying that they will have that great cloud of earthly witnesses. And I'm sorry for my pastor friends who listen to this and call me later because I've inappropriately <laughs> used a Bible verse. But um, <laughs> that is the second part of how my experiences are definitely impacting my parenting. Um, and I'm so blessed to watch God answer that prayer and God surround them with friends. But probably more importantly with safe adults, um, you know, at school and at church and coaches and, and things like that. So I appreciate the question. Thank you so much for that answer. There was so much wisdom in that. And I was just thinking back on my own experience. So one of the reasons I had even wanted to start the podcast, one, to point people to Jesus, because there was so much of my life where I thought, because I was raised Catholic, believed in God that Mm -hmm. I thought that I knew what I needed to know and I just didn't and so to like point people to what I wish I had known so much earlier in life because I just feel like that would have shaped how I process different experiences if I would have known the love that God had for me at age 12 Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. one of the most powerful things I was able to do during therapy was to go back to the 12 year old version of myself and share the gospel with her Mm. because I I just didn't have that and so when I experienced friendship trauma and that was at age 12 was the first time I had gone to a therapist Mm -hmm. and she was not a Christian therapist and she told me that all of the experiences I was having with friendship were my fault that I was the common denominator in all of these interactions. So what was I doing to make people not like me? Mm-hmm. And I was like, Oh, okay. So no wonder I didn't um, get better after that. And that yeah. didn't improve <laughs> um, my, my that's mental a very, That's health. a very logical deduction. <laughs> yeah. And just the fact that I then started to isolate mm-hmm. and became very closed off yeah. to people because that was self-protection. And my safe person was my mom. Mm-hmm. And I know that you shared how some of your experiences um, when you see your daughters maybe encountering things that you encountered, that that can even be a little bit triggering for you so you've got to work through your own stuff to be able to help them yeah 
And I know that that was similar for my mom, that when she saw me going through things that she had experienced, how, like, she wanted to protect me from that, but she couldn't be my everything Mm -hmm. either. And just how dangerous it could be that we both self-isolate and find just safety in our own relationship versus being able to pray and have God bring safe people into both of our lives. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. To process that. Cause then you can segue into like codependency or just mm-hmm. that nobody is safe just because mm-hmm. you had one negative interaction with a therapist. Um, and I know that so many people have uh, negative interactions with therapy so to if you did have that to not give up on that because we're all flawed messy broken people yeah very true and to not um isolate from that that don't let one bad interaction with a therapist with Mm -hmm. a follower of jesus keep you um Mm -hmm. from being vulnerable and showing up that god uh, is capable of redeeming anything and that's been true in both of our stories mary and i are still in the game uh because Mm -hmm. of jesus despite anything that we've gone through in the past yep i love it all right well this ended up being double the amount of time that a podcast episode typically is on glitter and braids but there was just so much in here that we had to cover and mary just thank you so much for everything that you shared i know that it will encourage somebody out there that listens to it it definitely encouraged me this morning so thank you thank you i love you um you will definitely be back on the podcast at some point in the future wonderful i look forward to it thank you caitlin you're welcome bye bye thank you so much for taking time out of your day to listen to an episode of glitter and braids My prayer is that it helped you to know God better and love him more, to live fearlessly because he is faithful, and inspires you to leave a little sparkle wherever you go.